welcome to show number 20. My name is Jean Gallagher and Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors in maintaining life balance. Through this series, we will be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And, to, and also, after, we'll also be hearing from Lynn Schusler-Williams on her segment, Rising Up, which will happen every show. And I'm so excited about that. In addition, um, in addition to our main guest, and today's guest is Wendy Darling. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Jean. So let me give you a little bit of her background and uh, we'll dive in. So Wendy is the co-founder of GTD, Go the Distance Consulting and Mir Miraculous Living Institute, committed to achieve, achieving your results. With over 40 years of experience as management and organizational development consultant, corporate influencer, relationship and transformational results expert, speaker, um, facilitator, master healer, and coach. Her entire career has been dedicated to decoding what needs to happen to create results. So we have a lot to talk about, Wendy. Thank you very much for being here. Of course, I'm delighted to be here. And so we are actually healing from the same state, just opposite ends. Um, I'm in Auburn outside of Sacramento and Wendy is in San Diego where the weather is always beautiful or most, most always, always. Most <laughs> always. <laughs> so let's start out, give us a little bit about um, your background and how you started. I know that um, your, your story has taken many twists and turns over the last 40 years. And so give us, give us the beginning. Well, I'll, I'll try to really cliff note it. Um, I, um, I started out as a sixth grade teacher, had, had 45 kids, which was highly illegal. That started to show the theme of my life. I always seemed to either take on challenges or um, tread, I would tread in places other people dare not go. Uh, so, 45 so, kids I can understand that's where people would not go <laughs> yeah and I went to graduate school got a couple of more degrees um, in counseling psychology postgraduate work in management and organizational development consulting I accepted a position a long time ago I think it's over 40 years ago as dean of students for a program called semester at sea and mm. there we had over 700 university students represented from all over the United States and even some international students. We lived on a ship, we sailed around the world and I was their mom. And we could probably spend days talking about those experiences. When was I that on the East or the West Coast? Excuse me? Was that on the East or the West Coast? It was on a ship. We sailed around the world. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Um, there's many, many stories I could share about that experience. It was, I was only 28 at the time. So it was a big job mm -hmm. um, for that time in my life, but I was kind of a fearless type person. And I went, sure, I could do that. My first gray hair popped out during that <laughs> trip. And when I got back, um, it was, you only are hired for one semester at a time. Understandably, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, and training and development was just getting started. And that appealed to me. And so I ended up accepting a position within an organization. I actually went to work for the state of Missouri, 
I had an opportunity to work with IBM in either Atlanta, Boca Raton, Florida, or, and I chose Jefferson City, Missouri. But it really proved to be an extraordinary training ground. And then in 1981, I started my own business and started out just part-time, but it very quickly went to full-time. And I was now traveling a lot. It's now 1990. I was sick as a dog. Um, I was also, shall we say, a bit of a workaholic. I was very driven back then. And I was really sick. And it never entered this little brain of mine that maybe I should not get on a plane and uh, take that trip. Um, it was like the show must go on. I had a lot of executives waiting for me. So I was scheduled to fly from Dallas to uh, Los Angeles. And I go outside the Dallas airport because as I mentioned, I was very sick and I wanted to get fresh air. And this is way before the constrictions that we have today. And I passed out, I fell over a ledge and I fell 25 feet. Oh my goodness. And the good news in some ways is I landed on my right leg. The bad news is I landed on my right, right leg. leg. My right <laughs> leg was completely shattered. Mm -hmm. um, I had multiple surgeries. Um, it had to be fully reconstructed. And I didn't know if I was gonna walk for about 10 and a half, 11 months, which I do. And while I was also in the hospital the first time, around week four, my former husband came, suitcases packed, saying he no longer wished to be married. And even though I take full responsibility for, the, for my part of that decision, uh, the timing wasn't exactly optimal, not that it ever would be. And when we went to court, he happens to be an attorney. Um, he was awarded full custody of our son, who was only four and a half at the time. Oh, and that's really when I broke. And to try to cut down to the chase, to the, to where I am today, um, my mom, of all people, would, recommended that maybe I might want to learn how to meditate. Found somebody, started going to this little small group in this person's home, and quieting my mind at that time. I was, I would, my mind was very active naturally. But the trauma of everything that had occurred, it was even more so. And I remember going to Michael, the instructor, and I said, you know, it's really interesting. Every time I almost feel like my mind is going to relax, I get this urge to sing. And he said, well, sing. And I started laughing. And I said, you don't understand. I actually have people in my life that request I not do that. And I'm sure his eyes rolled or whatever. And he said, Wendy, just give it a shot. See what happens. So I went back to my little place in the house and I got into that space and I allowed what this melodic type of singing came out of me. And for the first time in a very long time, not only did my mind start to relax, but so did my body. And not too long after that, I went to, um, we were back at this person's home and, um, and I, we're finishing up. I'm walking down a hallway. I pass one of the other people in our little group and out of my mouth comes, oh, you have a block around your heart. And I'm like, excuse me? 
where did that come from? I mean, it really, it, it just came, threw me out of me. And what was a real gift was um, his son, our instructor's son, was only a teenager, but he was really intuitive. He was very gifted. And I heard somewhere behind me him saying to the same person, hey, you got a block around your heart. And I'm thinking to myself, what's happened to me? What's happening to me? Because as I told you, I was just this consultant kind of person. And it was really the start of receiving and cultivating, which has become the miraculous living method, which is a beautiful approach. I'm very biased that instead of looking at all the little niggles, how, what, when, where, why, and how, we, first of all, we create from your heart's desire, really authentically who you are destined to be. And I have ways that I do that. And then because of the sound healing, which by itself is incredibly effective, Mm -hmm. um, but also years later, I started to receive downloads of designs that are transformational cards that energetically they also have um, tremendous benefits. But when they're linked together, the sound and the cards, you listen to the sounds, whether it's me or an audio, put your hands on the cards. It creates a very unique circuitry. So kind of like, I, I use this example a lot, kind of like the experience when Michelangelo was asked how he carved David out of a single slab of marble. He said, Michelangelo, uh, David always existed. Inside. Yeah. My job, meaning his <clears throat> job, was to just remove that. That was not David. And I feel that in a lot of ways, that is what I do. So I assist people to grow their business, make more money, raise what I refer to as their financial set point, open up to be able to receive more. I work with singles to attract love, couples to replenish their relationship, um, typically more women than men to help them release excess weight. Um, I've worked with children with learning disabilities and other issues. And, you know, there's been a lot of variety, shall we say. So in that sense, I'm, I wish it would, could have happened maybe just a little bit easier, yeah. but, it, but, you know, it's such a gift and a blessing to be able to serve people this way because I provide freedom for them to live who they're, who they're designed to live and to make their special mark and contribution. Wow, that's amazing. And you're right, it would have, but you know, if, if what had happened to you happened in a lesser manner, you might not be serving in the manner that you do. Yeah, the, the cynical side of me wants to come out right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. But but even in those little glimmers, I I I when I look back, you know, I'm I'm 70. I'll be 70. Which doesn't even for anybody that's looking at you, they're gonna say, no way possible. Yeah, in two months it'll be the next one. 
Yeah, so it's, it's a little twisty inside, um, but oh well, I'm, I'm so grateful how healthy I am. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, it's been a journey. And even um, last year, I released my second book called Create Your Miraculous Life. It's never too late because I want to be that example of what's possible. I'm now in the very early stages of another transition. And it's kind of like, I don't know what little conversation I had with God before I came into this world, but you know, it, it's like, seriously, <laughs> we're going for it again. Um, so, but I want, if, if, I can be that example and inspiration for others that no matter what you really want, it truly is never too late to get healthier, wealthier, attract love, whatever. Um, it's possible. Hmm. It's definitely possible. And so if we break that down a little bit or understand, do you... Do you find that when you're speaking with people and they're, they're, um, it, they're having some blockage or challenges, how, how does the body react to that, right? And similar to what you had mentioned that happened with you and your singing and it just released in your body, do you notice with people that they have um, you know, ailments is not the right word because we're not here to get medical advice. So a small little disclosure out there, but, um, do you find that, that people are holding, holding their, their stress and their troubles and how, and that releasing of that helps with the process and how oh, does that work? Absolutely. In fact, I am able to see energy. Um, so, and interestingly enough, when I work with somebody for the most part, I'll close my eyes. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're sitting right in front of me or if you're in Australia, mm -hmm. I can see you energetically. And, um, and because of my brain injury, I don't know if I mentioned that or not. No. Oh, that <laughs> was, talk another, about that. <laughs> that was another little gift of that experience <laughs> that went undiagnosed for a very long time. And I'm wow. blessed. Mm -hmm. I, I'm doing quite well. And some of my challenges, most people wouldn't realize or recognize and even if they did so what nice that's the nice part of being 70 you just don't say <laughs> as much about a lot of things anymore um so um I'm trying to think what I was just getting ready to um say. seeing energy yes so when I look at somebody energetically if you're in full alignment you look pretty clear and bright to me mm -hmm. but I see it, um, because of my brain injury I typically only see in black and white and shades of gray internally mm -hmm. um, every now and then I'll have a dream and it's like that was in living color <laughs> you know and so um, so I can see where there is stored energy and stored energy is typically thoughts and emotions that got buried alive and mm. because if we don't deal with them they find a place within us and it's like oh I don't want to feel that way great 
here. I've just found a home in your left thigh. So, you know, um, that's it's why actually it's... my right thigh, to be honest. So okay. <laughs> we might need to talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so it really is um, so very important. And yes, again, I'm able to see where it is. And then I do my healing work. And it really, my interpretation of it is God works through me. Um, we just pour love into those places and it dissolves. It just simply dissolves. It's not like I'm pulling it out or anything. It just dissolves. And, um, and it creates more freedom. Um, most everybody, you know, just the very first session, they, they feel more relaxed. They feel more in their skin and in their body. And then there's a process that I teach that they use in between sessions that continue the letting go, as well as training the brain uh, to be thinking in, a, in alignment with what it is you're wanting to be experiencing. Because the truth of the matter is you already are. Mm. You already are just perfect. You're not broken. It's all the gobbledygook, that's my technical term for the day, that, <laughs> that has been absorbed and inaccurately programmed into your mind. And so that's why this process is so beautiful. We continue to release, mm -hmm. we train the mind, you're in your heart, you're able to feel your guidance. Some people obviously hear guidance, um, but the wisdom of the heart is really what we want to be paying attention to and having the mind support that mm -hmm. as opposed to the mind necessarily running the show. And I would think, so correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just a thought that training your mind obviously is really hard, but I would think that how does social media play into that training process is, is that must make it even harder for people to concentrate and, and maintain consistency in that training process. Would that be accurate? Um, so first of all, it's not hard to retrain your mind. Um, using my process okay um, because what happens so a real let's take one tiny little example mm -hmm. um, it's very common for people to have safety and trust issues mm -hmm. and so let's say an affirmation um, is I am safe mm -hmm. so so somebody who's working with me will turn on their audio which is the sound healing part they have cards the transformational cards that also has a frequency so they put their hands on it and they say i am safe so what's happening with the positive effect of that is it's strengthening that neural pathway or it's possible it's creating a new one if one mm. has never existed but what the gift of this is is because in this circuitry this bubble of energy the lower level emotions will go, oh, really? And it rises up, it raises its hand. But in this environment, it loses its life force. It's kind of like, because it's this beautiful love frequency, 
and a lower level frequency, say, of hurt or um, even anger or grief, it just can't hold, it, it, it can't live any longer. So it's almost like taking a balloon mm -hmm. with a tiny little pin and it just, the air comes out of it. It's a very, very gentle process. So the second point of your question is, yeah, um, we all have to be conscious of what we choose to put in our minds, what we expose ourselves to. I happen to be a highly sensitive person. So you will not see me watching the majority of the crazy shows that are on television that have to do with war and violence and guns and all of that. It's like, thank you, no thank you. You know, we happen to today, you know, we have this horrific um, war going on between Russia and Ukraine. I do want to stay involved, but, and I do watch some of the news, but I have to say it's, it's, it's really disturbing to me. Mm -hmm. And so, and I get on Facebook, for example, I'll do some quick rolls and see what's going on. But yeah, you know, that takes discipline. You mm -hmm. know, it's not like living on your phone. And listen, I live on mine. I, um, so, so again, it's becoming more conscientious and conscious of what you're exposing yourself to. I don't like, you know, I'm blessed most of the time. I'm around people that are, shall we say, high vibe kind of people. They're happy, healthy, really live honestly, authentically with high integrity. And um, I don't let the, I tend not to even attract it, but I don't let that kind of stuff in my life. That's, it's fascinating. And so can we talk a little bit about frequency? Because my knowledge, of, I have this much knowledge on frequency. I understand that everything does, does have some level of energy that's admitted from it. And I know that there's frequency healing or healing with frequencies as well. And you can imitate something based upon its frequency. If, um, and so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so everything's energy. We are in constant motion. And um, when we're having a happy thought, whoop, you know, it wouldn't be hard to believe that maybe your energy or frequency is a little bit higher. When you're sad, whoop, you know, we are more constricted and it's a lower level frequency. There is a person, his name is David, Dr. David Hawkins. And I love to make reference of him because he did a 30 year study of emotions and he tested i can't remember anymore thousands of thousands of people over a 30-year period of time and he ultimately created a frequency scale mm -hmm. so one of the lowest level frequencies according to him is grief and i'm not going to be able to be specific because i don't have it right in front of me but as you might imagine grief sadness anger frustration all of those things um, are lower level frequencies. Mm -hmm. Then you get into joy and happiness and love. You know, I think 
there's probably more than that, but I focus on the love piece. And what I really appreciated about his body of work is, first of all, I didn't have a lot of words to explain what I did. Mm. I knew I did it. I knew it worked. But to be able to say to you, well, it works. You know, it's not the best selling technique. And <laughs> which is why I, a lot of times I, t I always tell people, have a session with me. If it doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to pay me. Because I know it's different, but I also know it works. Mm -hmm. um, so, and by the way, when that's done, there hasn't been a time yet where somebody has said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so. But I think that's also the type of people I attract. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right. So now, help me remember. So frequency and the difference right. in frequency and Dr. Hawkins. Yeah. Thank you. See, this is the brain injury part. I use it all the time, <laughs> at least that excuse. So, so what happens and what he demonstrated is when we're feeling the higher level frequencies, they literally can overrun and transform. The, they can release it. They can affect and transform and release the lower level ones. So what's interesting, though, is if I sit in my office in San Diego, I can fill myself up with love. I can fill my home with it, my neighborhood. And I do this and, and send it out to the city, my state, the country, the globe. What his body of research demonstrated is one person can impact thousands and thousands and thousands. So I actually teach, for example, kids who talk, you know, they talk about bullies and they teach kids that those people that you're calling a bully is actually somebody that got their heart stomped on and mm. they've really been hurt. And this is the way they have been able to survive. So I teach kids to sit silently, maybe in their classroom, and just send that person love because their love well is empty. Mm -hmm. And I know that that alone can make a positive impact. And if we just do that one-on-one -on -one alone, we're going to make a change, but we can do way more just by taking that kind of responsibility. It's really quite amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, I want to acknowledge something and um, just give a moment of space to it as well, that the courage and the bravery that you had in the beginning, bringing through and feeling so strongly about this process and being able to, before there was scientific or somebody else substantiating what you're doing, that, that's a brave act which probably mostly comes from the heart, right? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. People have called me courageous before, I will say. And I'm like, really? Um, because I'm just being me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just using what I can. I've always wanted to be of service. I've always wanted to contribute to the betterment of others. And so... Yeah, in the early days, I felt kind of self-conscious about all of this because it was 
such a departure from who I had been. But it, there really did come a time. It's like, just get over yourself. I mean, there were times I worked on friends of mine for the first time, and I would be so self-conscious to sing because I still had a bit of a story of, oh, you're not a very good singer. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, and when I sing top 40 kinds of stuff, I don't think it comes out quite the same way. So, um, <laughs> so there, you know, it's like, anything. First of all, a lot of times people don't recognize how very special they are and what their gifts are. Mm. I didn't. Um, I, nobody told me until I was in graduate school. One thing that I did well was with my, my, um, my, my advisor in my practicum because he put everybody on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't been put on the hot seat yet. And I mean, I begged to get into that practicum. And I finally went to him and I said, when are you going to put me on the hot seat? And he said, well, what makes you think I'm going to put you on the hot seat? I said, uh, because it looks like you're putting just about everybody else on it. And he said, Wendy, he said, first of all, people get on the hot seat when they resist receiving feedback. You're always open to mm. feedback. And he said, secondly, you're a, re a really phenomenal diagnostician. And it was like, I am? You know, I, you see that, <laughs> I did tell him, I said, you know, it'd have been nice to know this. I could have been enjoying this experience. Just <laughs> <more>. Yeah, <laughs> could have told me earlier. <laughs> but that happens, that our gifts are such a natural part of who we are that we don't necessarily recognize how special well, we don't see people. what other people are seeing in us. We don't see that right. from the inside quite often. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not sure what your gifts might be, talk to some people in your life. They'll mm -hmm. tell you, I know that they'll tell you the things they don't like. So you got to be careful with who yeah. you ask. Careful what you, you ask for. <laughs> right. But if you ask people that you love and trust, you know, what do you think is special about me? What, what's my, what do you think my gifts are? They'll tell you because they know. It's one of the reasons that you're friends with who you're friends with. They love that they get to rub elbows with you. Mm -hmm. So how does this process correlate to weight loss? Yeah. So people that are overweight are carrying a lot of past emotion and it's a sense of protection. It's the way that the mind has organized a view of the body and life and it's being taken out on the body. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, the more people release what I say, the issues in their tissues, mm -hmm they can release naturally the junk in their trunk. <laughs> I know it's a little cheeky, um, but, but it's really, again, kind of the Michelangelo David story. Mm -hmm. We're looking at what's happened that has created this protective barrier. And what can we do now to know that you're safe because the truth of the matter is you are naturally lean and fit. Mm -hmm. Other things have interfered with that. 
And so my job in working with others is to really help position the person in a way that they will naturally gravitate to foods that best support them. They will naturally stop maybe craving certain foods. They will naturally um, not even want to eat as much. And I, by the way, I mean, I'm my own student here. I, I, did, I did not get this experienced um, because I read a bunch of books. I have been my own laboratory for all these years. And even now, you know, my own body went a little off um, over the last couple, three years. Mm -hmm. And so, in fact, we have a class going on right now. And I, I was very open with them. You know, one of the unusual, unique times I said, I'm in this with you guys. You know, this is not just me telling you. I'm, I'm doing this work with you as well. And that even was a big step for me mm. because I, I do find it very important for me to be integrity with anything that I do. And, and it's hard to expose your vulner vulnerability. Oh, well, mm. yeah. But, um, but I know what it's like to be healthy. And I was going through, you know, my hormones had acted up, you know, I was getting a little bit older. Um, some other things were going on in my life. We had this little thing called COVID and, you know, staying at home a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I'm not excusing anything, mm -hmm. um, but that is in part what we do. So it takes a while. Some people respond immediately. Some people take longer. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so brilliant in the sense that the body is showing you how in alignment you are and how authentic you are being in your life. Mm -hmm. So it's really way beyond weight loss. It's just the context of the conversation happens to be about weight. And and people will start not just having things shift in their bodies, but also their life. Is it hard to recognize the alignment that might be there or where the alignment is off? No, it's not hard. Really? Really? <laughs> that's no, honestly, that surprises me that I would think that whether it's from current or previous habits that yeah. that are hide that could be hiding that alignment or or people are used to feeling as they're feeling for so long <laughs> yeah um so that's why i mean it depends on where the person is um to the extent and how quickly they may shift mm -hmm. uh, and their current life experiences but no, to actually see if somebody's in alignment or not, they can even tell you, you know, because either they're feeling really great, natural, and, you know, it's, it's easy to um, gravitate to foods that they know best support them. Mm -hmm. um, or if they're, you know, running out, buying whatever, knowing that, 
um, maybe it doesn't support them as much. Now, you need to know, I do not believe in diets. Mm -hmm. I believe in intuitively eating. And once people are more in alignment, that becomes very easy. Hmm. They can, you know, there are times I can eat certain foods because mm -hmm. I'm totally in alignment and it doesn't affect me as much. Um, you know, I was on, uh, I took a two week retreat and I was traveling in um, New England. Mm -hmm. And my, one of my last stops was in Mystic Pizza. And I did, in fact, make a stop at Mystic Pizza. I mean, I was in Mystic, Connecticut. And, um, and I will say it was really good pizza. And I rarely eat pizza anymore um, for the cheese and the flour. Mm -hmm. And, but I made a conscious choice. I went, I am in Mystic, Connecticut at Mystic. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. And this big pizza comes. And um, I had three pieces of pizza, which was fairly significant. And I enjoyed every bite. I went back to my hotel. I am not a nap person. I fell asleep and I took a three hour nap. Holy cow. My body just went, I don't know what you did, but <laughs> we got to work on this and you might as well just uh, let us do our thing. We need a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, you know, I didn't feel as good the next day. There are times though, if I'm really feeling great, I can maybe eat something like for my 70th birthday, I was very intentional with what indulgences I was going to have that day. And I did. And I have to say the next day, I didn't feel all that bad. So again, you see, that's where your energy and your frequency can make a difference. Yeah. Oh, I can understand. Oh, okay. That's interesting. The frequency part as well. Yeah. Now I'm not encouraging you to try to get into a higher state of happiness and giddiness and love and then go pig out somewhere. Um, <laughs> not the message. That's not the message. No. So, so through all of this and taking care of others, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah, obviously, after that little episode I had a few years ago, uh, I definitely learned my lesson. Today, first of all, I do, but I, I take time first thing in the morning. I live in quiet first thing in the morning. I, um, I typically will spend some time meditating. Mm -hmm. I journal. Mm -hmm. I do my process. And, uh, and a lot of times I'll do a little bit of reading. And that's like sacred time for me. Um, okay, there, you know, I might, I might play Wordle. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Wordle. Um, so so, but I don't use my brain a lot first thing in the morning. I really spend time. And because I strive to live a, have with a feeling of being peacefully happy. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I typically now, I'm telling you my schedule now, I will go to my little gym that I go to um, that doesn't require a lot of my time, which I love their process. It's all um, computerized and we don't have to get into that. So I go to the gym, come home, get cleaned up and 
then I have my day um, of seeing clients, of having interviews, of, mm -hmm. you know, later today, I'm going to have my Loving Yourself Lean class. Um, so that's kind of it. And I usually do not work any longer at night unless it's a rare exception. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the same weekends. I, I only work weekends when I find it necessary. And there are times I find it necessary. This weekend, Lynn's coming on. We have it, you and I and Lynn are going to be on the BMARC conference this weekend. So really things excited like about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is really great. And so creating boundaries for yourself. Yeah. And, and, how and, and yet they're fluid boundaries. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because and, if they're and, not fluid, then that's also creating resistance in areas where you might need to actually have that flexibility. Yeah. Or want. It, you know, it was really interesting. I felt a very strong pull to go to New England. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of questioning why happens to well, me all the time. I need to go home. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not from there. And, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it, it was winter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, but I have learned if I feel the pull, if I feel guided to follow that. And I have to say that most of the time it was pretty cold. Um, mm -hmm. There was one day in Newburyport, Massachusetts, that it was in the upper 60s. I mean, it was wow. like, whoa. I, I still wonder if, because it was one of my favorite places, if the weather influenced me a little bit. And, but it felt so good to be outside in the sea air, in the crisp air, walking around, even days after it snowed, mm -hmm. you know, kind of walking through the slush or whatever. Um, so, so that also is really important. Now, because of my accident that I mentioned, just in the last several months, I'm having trouble with my leg mm -hmm. and I'm looking into uh, what can be done non-surgically. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the orthopedic surgeon had surgical options and I'm like, that doesn't sound so good. And so I'm, I don't have any cartilage in the joint area between my leg and my foot. Anymore. Oh, wow. And so it creates a little problem. And, and so he did give me an industrial strength kind of ankle brace because getting back to what you're talking about, being outside, mm -hmm. breathing the fresh air, moving my body in a more relaxed, you know, I don't do power walking um, in a more, you know, nice clip, but, you know, more relaxed. It's very healing for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, I get really good insights. One of the things I loved about my trip is I just felt like I was clearing out my own airwaves because as I mentioned, I'm kind of moving into a new phase of my life. And so it's like out with the old, to make room for the new. And it was really cute too, because I was getting all these ones around me on my trip. I, I would look at the clock and it would be 11-11 or 1-11. The very first inn that I checked into in Ngunquit, um, Maine, um, gave me the key to room 111. And oh, I wow. just chuckled. And I, went, and, and I did actually request a different room only because I wanted to be on the second floor. 
And, and yet it was just so affirming that the heavens were basically saying, hey, this is all good. You know, this is you getting ready for what's next. And, and it was just very affirming and really quite lovely. Making space. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your books? And then, um, yeah, do that first. And then I'll ask my next question. <laughs> okay. So my very first book, which came out, I think about six years ago, I'm losing track of time. It's called The Miracle That Is Your Life. And then my second book is Create Your Miraculous Life. It's Never Too Late. And just very quickly, um, I can share that I never thought I would be in the quote miracle business. It really came out of the time, first of all, where I gave my son a Hebrew name. Um, my In Judaism, I no longer practice, but I was raised Jewish. Um, that in Judaism, you will give your child a Hebrew name typically on somebody who has already been deceased. And my father had passed away the year before my son Adam was born. My father's Hebrew name was Nissen, and Nissen translates to miracle. Mm. And my former husband's, Adam's dad's grand, um, yeah, grandfather had also just recently passed away. His name was Charles. And in Hebrew, that's Chaim. Mm. And so that translates to life. So my mm. son's Hebrew name is Nissen Chaim, which translates to the miracle of life. Amazing. And when I shared that with my publisher, because she said we had already kind of got my first book organized, she said, what do you think the title's going to be? And that's how the title got birthed. That's when I rebranded my business to the Miraculous Living Institute. And at first, that too felt a little uncomfortable. It's like, really? You're going to be talking about miracles? And, and quite honestly, when I wrote my second book, my life was feeling very unmiraculous. It, you know, it, between the pandemic, my son became very, very ill. Thank goodness he's doing quite well now. But I felt that pull to write the book. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So, um, so those are the two books. Um, and it's really to provide a framework for people to start recognizing and embracing the miracles that are always mm. present every moment. They might be itty bitty ones. And then sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I think it's pretty miraculous that you're in Northern California, I'm in Southern California, Lynn's in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're all together. And we're all together, <laughs> right. How does That's that fantastic. happen? I know, like it's supposed to, is not what happens. Right. So I know that I'm going to be contacting you to, to get together because I have some questions that I think probably need to be answered. And I was kind of glad you didn't tell me what my energy looked like because we'll have to talk about that in private. That's fine. <laughs> but, no, so I and I never, I never read people's energy unless... Um, we are in that conversation. Yeah, that's good. Because I was like, whoo. Um, oh, no, and no, no. that's in you. <laughs> that, you know, I've had people that I could feel 
were checking me out energetically, I find that very intrusive. That is offensive to me. I would, now I will say there have been times I'd like to, you know, it went in days gone by in the dating world. Yeah, I'd like to see what's really going on there. But, you know, <laughs> the good news is my integrity really doesn't allow me to do that. That's a, yeah, of course. Um, so where can people find you, Wendy? Yeah, very easily. My website is wendydarling.com. Um, you can also email me at wendy at wendydarling.com. You need to put something bold in that subject line because I get way too many emails, probably like everybody. And then also, if anybody is interested, I have a free ebook. It's mm. called How to Rapidly Remedy the Three Major Issues Women Face. And if that interests anyone, even guys, um, you can go to miraculousresultsnow.com miraculousresultsnow.com and that'll let you get the book. Wonderful. So thank you. Thank you, Wendy. I know that there's so much we, we could probably talk for a couple of hours. There's just so much there. You do so many wonderful things, but I want to thank you for being with, with me and with us today. It's been such an, an honor and a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, thank you. It was delightful and fun to good, good. have this opportunity. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And so now we're going to transition to Lynn, Lynn Schuster-Williams, coach and author and um, moderator, creator of Rising Up. So spread Thank some wisdom, you. Lynn. Absolutely, Jean. I don't know about wisdom, but I have some thoughts I want to share. And first, I want to say what a delight uh, to hear Wendy. Uh, she's a dear friend and I can speak from personal experience of her process. It's amazing. So I hope our listeners will reach out to her. Um, so in my part of the world, daylight savings time is a thing. <laughs> and, and it happened this week and it, it kind of got me thinking about all the ways that we continually try to control the rhythms of nature, right? Our culture would like nature to show up in a nice little box, right? With air conditioning and <laughs> all the different ways we live uh, that are all about controlling nature and the, the rhythms of nature. And, you know, since the industrial revolution, really, right? So before that, we, were, we were controlled by the rhythms of nature. The rhythms of nature were how we decided when to work, what to eat, you know, um, when to rest, all those things. And so now instead we do things like um, daylight savings time, <laughs> which I just find kind of funny, but you know, there was no artificial light. There was uh, no time zones. There were no artificial shifts of the time zones. Um, so just imagine for a minute what it would be like to live that way, what it would be like to really be in tune with the rhythms of nature. And we as women are particularly uh, connected there. You know, the, the rhythms of the lunar cycle have to do with our lives. And so we really um, kind of tune in to that alignment easily. And I think we also pay a little <laughs> for the disconnect 
with those rhythms of nature. You know, I think that disconnect affects us as well. And so I was thinking about all this as I kind of realized today that spring is coming. Another uh, rhythm in the, the wheel of the year, right, is about to happen. And I walked outside today at, to, we have a little plot in our um, side yard where we are experimenting with native grasses and native wildflowers to support the pollinators in our area. And I thought, I want to go outside and see what this coming of spring is bringing to this little plot of land. And there was a little spider and a little green grasshopper and kind of underneath all the dry, brittle stuff from leftover from last year, there was this soft, lush, green kind of undercoat starting to happen. It was just really, really um, just wonderful to feel the soft earth beneath my feet and to see the little critters and, and the plants starting to come back. And I just felt this pull, as Wendy was talking about, this pull of connectedness. And so pretty soon, not very long after walking outside, the the calendar and the clock reasserted themselves in my life. And I had to start paying attention to uh, all the ways that we, um, that we try to control the rhythms of nature. But I walked back in and back to my work today. And I, I was aware that I was kind of giving in to that calendar and clock, uh, but not without the feel of the earth beneath my feet. The the thought of the little green grasshopper that came to say hello while I was out there. And it just brought a smile to my face. And it, it made me think about, I live in a city. I live in an urban neighborhood. We don't even have driveways in my neighborhood. But we have a plot of land and we have a little green grasshopper and a spider. And we can connect with the rhythms of nature even when, on the week that daylight savings time is coming and raising its head and confusing us all about what day and time it is. So those are my thoughts about the rhythm of nature this week, Jean. Uh, what a pleasure to always be with you. Looking forward to Saturday and the Be More Conference to hear Let's both plug of that, you plug speak. that good. <laughs> yeah, so join us, women. It, this is the Be More Conference for Women. It is $27 for the whole day. Every ticket includes the free bonus of recordings of all the sessions. And there are 14 different sessions, all in 20-minute segments. So those recordings will be very consumable later on a drive or on a break or on the earbuds, walking out in the garden outside. So it'll be wonderful. And our theme this year is living in alignment. Your genius is calling. So it's going to be a fabulous day. We hope you'll come join us. Tickets are at bemoreconference.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Lynn. Thank and, you. And thanks again to Wendy as well. And thank you to everybody that's watching, whether it's live or or Memorex, <laughs> you can catch it on the on the flip side on YouTube or discoverrisingtides.com. I want to thank everybody. We'll be back the first and third Wednesdays of April. Can't believe that April is the next month coming. So spring will be definitely in the air. And thank it. Thank you, everybody, and have a great afternoon. Right